Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. You're listening to a day of prayer, and we're so glad you can join us. But before we get into the Word, let us pray. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your infinite wisdom, Lord, that there is no one wiser or smarter than you, Lord, and that you continue to share that wisdom with your servants here on earth, Lord, so we can go about acting as you would act, Lord, and we can have your thoughts, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for how you've been moving in our lives, Lord, even in the ways we don't actively see you, Lord, but we know that you're there. And Lord, we also just thank you for your restoration of those things around us. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, welcome, everybody. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study of the Lord's Word and in the book of Acts. Um, before we get into the or reread the scripture that we covered in the previous podcast, I uh, just want to say or ask that you would like the episode that you would subscribe on this and any number of the platforms you can find a day of prayer and that you would share it with someone else so they too can be blessed and learn and grow in relationship with our God. Amen. Amen. So can I get a volunteer to reread Acts chapter one, verses 12 through 14, please. I will. All right, I promise. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath-day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the inner room, upper room, sorry, where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, 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 <laughs> Bartholomew <laughs> Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all contained with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman, with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bartholomew. Bartholomew. That's a name we don't hear very often anymore. Bartholomew. But glory to God. I say it again. Bartholomew. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's for you, you guys over there, you kids. So. As we get into this, um, in the previous podcast, we discussed the timeline, right? So do we know what the timeline is? And yes, we do. How long they were waiting in the upper room? We do know how long they were waiting. Mm -hmm. Um, They were waiting in the upper room 10 days. Well, how do we know that, you may ask? What does Acts chapter 1 verse 3 say? To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Hmm. It's been seen over 40 days. Okay, so, so you're, you're marking time. I am marking time. Those from are, a point yes. to another point, from one point to another. Correct. From what is your starting point? Well, we're going to go back to that. Ready? Okay. It's Leviticus. Chapter 23. 
Now in Leviticus 23, it's discussing the feasts of the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. But starting in verse 4 through verse 16, it covers three key feasts. The feast of the Passover and unleavened bread covers the feast of first fruits and the feast of weeks. So, can I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture? Please? Actually, let's do it this way. Let Charles, can you read verses 4 through 8? And that will cover the feast of Passover and unleavened bread. Promise, can I have you read verses 9 through 14? And that will cover the Feast of First Fruits. And then Layla, uh, there is more to it, if you will. But um, can I just get you to read verses 15 and 16 for the Feast of Weeks? Yes. Go ahead, sir. These are the Feast of the Lord. Holy convic convocations, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. On the 14th day of the 14th month at twilight is the, the Lord's Passover. Of the Passover. first month. Oh, for, of the, okay. On the 14th day of the first month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread to the Lord. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall have an holy convocation, and shall do no customary work on it. But you shall an offering, offering made by fire to the Lord for seven days. The seventh day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no work customary. You shall do no customary work on it. Okay. Now we do know that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is the Passover Lamb, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So we see how that's covered. Yes. So it already puts it in a time frame. Right? Yes. So now can I get you promise to read uh, verses 9 through 14, the Feast of First Fruits. Okay. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you came into this land which I gave give you to sorry, when you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheep before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And you shall offer it on that day when you wave the sheep, a male lamb of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord. Its grain offering shall be two lengths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering um, made by fire to the Lord for a sweet aroma. And its drink offering shall be of wine, one-fourth of a hen. You shall eat neither bread nor parched grain nor fresh grain until the same day that you have brought an offering to your God. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Mm -hmm. So, Feast of First Fruits. Romans 8.29 says what? You have to read it to us, baby. Okay. Thank you. I don't know if anyone knew it off the top, so I just figured I would pose the question. Uh, actually, I'll read uh, Romans eight twenty eight and 29. All right? 
And we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. For those who God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers or brethren, depending on your translation. First fruits. Can we see how that checks or fulfills that? Mm-hmm. Okay. And now we have the Feast of Weeks. So, Layla, can you read those? Co- uh, now, this the Feast of Weeks really goes through from verse 15 of Leviticus 23 through verse 22. Okay? Okay. Um, however, can we just read this one, just those couple of verses, 15 and 16, please? Yes. And you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. Hmm. Count how many days? 50. 50. Seven Sabbaths, that would be 49 days. But you shall count 50. So... We're asking, what's the timeline, right? Yes. From when Christ ascended to, well, we haven't quite gotten there yet because it it really is in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was freely given and poured out, right? Yes. Or what's known as the day of Pentecost, right? So the 50th day. Does everybody get that? Yes. There was a 10-day span. So I'll bring that up for a number of different reasons, not just to go through the timeline and we can have a better understanding and also see how Christ fulfilled it. But they, Acts 1, verse 14, they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers for 10 days. And 10 in scripture typically refers to what? Does anyone remember from our study in the Lord's house? No. (laughs) Okay. Divine order. Divine order. So the body of Christ, his church, his bride, preparing herself, right? Divine order happening to carry out the work that the Lord had called them to do, and also receiving his nature and character. He had already given his authority, but he was getting ready to give them the power to do the work that they have been called, and we are called to do. And, and I, I really sense it was important for me to say that because it wasn't. it's not just a past thing. This hasn't ceased. Mm-hmm. This is current and is ongoing and will continue until the Lord returns. Amen. Until he's satisfied. Amen. (laughs) Right? Until Jesus receives word from the Father to to come back, to return. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. So I wanted to bring that up. 
Um, but now I want to open up the floor for each of you to share with the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. Hmm. I, I enjoyed that you brought up 10 in God's divine order and then the connection between the women were present. Um, that is a part of God's divine order. Amen. Right? You, you referenced in the previous podcast when um, male and female were created, but they were in one mm-hmm. form together in the body of Adam. They were in one together. And God said, this is not good that man should be alone. I'm, I will make a helper comparable to him. And then he gave woman her own body, separated them from that. But then they still came together as one. That's God's divine order. And here you see divine order again. The women are present. Also, I wanted to mention, as you brought it up, the previous podcast, Dean, the first person that Jesus appeared to when he was raised from the dead was who? Mary. Mary. A woman. Amen to that. It was Mary. He could have appeared anywhere, right? Yes. yes. He could have not appeared. He could have done anything. But the first person he decided to show himself to was a woman. Does that mean that she's better than anybody? No. Because of her femininity? No. It means that God is no respecter of persons. And he said that he will love those who love him. So you mean he's just fulfilling his word, which he already said? You're just proving it or demonstrating it to be true? Amen. And there is a clear distinction that there is neither male nor female, neither Jew nor Greek. Right? That mm-hmm. We are one. I don't think we covered that part just yet. It's oh. coming up, though. Okay. Well, and even Jesus, when he was talking with the Pharisees about, um, they were contemplating whose wife a woman would be after she had married a few of the brothers. And he's, Jesus said that you guys, you don't understand. This is not what's going to be happening in heaven, being married and given in marriage. But we're, we're talking about higher things here. We are children of the Most High God. So, God is consistent, and he is always true to his character and his nature, not to what we think he should be doing, because we're not his God. He's our God, and we are his people. Amen. Well, the, the key in that, and, and it's obvious when we hear some people teach or preach or ex- provide exposition of the Bible that they're looking for a way to use the words of the Bible to justify their own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, apart from the illumination of the Holy Spirit, um, we can't really rightly discern what God's word says. And if we're really honest, at least with, with myself, I think it's, it's, it's common to most, if we're really being totally transparent and honest, the, a lot of times what the word does is it exposes how far away from a Christ-likeness I really am. It doesn't Mm -hmm. do it and beat me up. Mm -hmm. It does it where it's constantly showing me that I am not God, and his (laughs) ways are greater than my ways, and I can trust in him. And I don't have it all figured out. And I'm not trying to look for an answer in his word to justify my thoughts or my behaviors. I'm looking to be wholly laid bare before God Almighty so that Mm -hmm. he can continue to transform me into Christ-likeness, which means I've got to give up some of what I have, not try to find some scripture say, well, women shouldn't be preaching in church. Right, which is about control and power. Ultimately, there's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. 
Yes. And if we look at um, Ephesians 5, which is a, a, a place I love to go, and we talk about wives, you know, submit yourselves to your husbands, and mm-hmm. husbands love your wives. But if you go further, the, the commandment to men, I don't think it just holds weight in um, a marriage relationship. The commandment there is to do as Christ did, mm-hmm. to give yourself mm-hmm. up, which means you're surrendering your desires your thoughts, your wants, your needs, so that you may present Christ's bride, which is the entire church, which is resembling uh, the references being made here, holy, spotless, without blemish or wrinkle, mm-hmm. right? So uh, that, to me, that just doesn't line up with a lot of people's thoughts about, um, with a lot of stuff. You can't filter much through that, especially somehow or another trying to exclude women from the things of God, the teaching, the teach, preaching, the whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And you said something very pivotal there. It's the things of God. Mm-hmm. It's his business. Amen. He put, he set all things in order in the church, right? Yes. It's yes. not ours to go, oh God, they can't be in here. <laughs> There's one head. There's one God. And he ordains things. So we should just stick with what he says and what he does. And even the scriptures that a lot of people use to say women are disqualified, they actually misunderstand what's happening in the scriptures. There's a question being asked to Paul and he's answering going, what? What are you talking about? Why are you saying this? That doesn't make sense. That's not even in the law. So it's, it's read. And we often, as you said, Dean, we take in the scripture through our own lens. When we are looking to be validated or approved, to our own thoughts versus magnifying God and understanding and taking his thoughts and making ourselves conform to that, being transformed and, transformed and renewed in our mind. Um, so that can happen to everyone, but that's mm-hmm. a product of the flesh. And, you know, God loves us, but we'll let him call the shots and we'll let him dictate what he wants done in his own body. Amen. Because clearly that's a part of his divine order. Oh, I wanted to read Galatians 3. Um, verses 26, uh, I'll read the 29. It says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ. Mm. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So, When we respect, you know, especially when we're talking about um, in the marriage covenant, because that's what God set up as divine order and that reflecting him, I honor what God has done. It's not about me submitting to a person per se. It's about me saying, God, I respect what you've done. And because I respect you, I show that to my husband. Excuse me. And this is the way that you requested that I do that. So, and you likewise. Amen. So as as Christ sent out the disciples in pairs, we are walking together. Mm-hmm. Right? So in other words, we are submitting to ourselves to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then as a result, I can walk with you and you with me because the Lord sent us out together. Right. To accomplish his purpose. And even think about the Godhead. Jesus is not subject or subjugated or lesser than God. He's God. He's equal than father God. He's not lower than Holy spirit's not lower than they are equals. They're one. And in that they respect the divine order. Jesus submitted himself to the father, right? Yes. Yes. 
Holy Spirit submitted and waited till Jesus had ascended and then came in as doing his role. There is divine order and loving submission to the other, not subjugation. And we often want to flip that and subjugate one another when God didn't call us to that. But he said, willingly submit to one another. There's another scripture that talks about marriage and it says, yield to one another, submit to one another in love. Mm-hmm. It's not about you over me or me over you. And I can tell you, God doesn't mean for women just to be subject to men. So, hey, you woman over there, some dude talking off the street, going to tell me what to do? No. (laughs) No, that's not what God said. That's not what he ordained at all. Because then there's no order. Correct? Yes. All right. There's no honoring for the things of God. I have a covering. Mm -hmm. And my children have a covering. Dean, you have a covering. Who is God? My husband, you have a covering. Who is God? Amen. And we are serving to respect and honor what God has created, not make our own parallel structures and want someone else to get into it. So, you mean establish ourselves in the place of God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Let's not do it. But not. Uh, And I bring that up because this is the, the tie-in point. Verse 14, right? Of Acts? Acts 1, okay. 14, all right? These all continued with one in one accord, with one accord, excuse me, in prayer and supplication. And then it lists out with the woman. And now these two are very important, specifically, and the Mary and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Didn't that happen just because they were his mother and brothers? No, no, no. Absolutely they had, not. They had to submit that Let's, he's God. Amen. Let's go back to Matthew 12, <laughs> verses 46 through 50. I'll read it. It says, While he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brother stood outside, seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, seeking to speak with you. But he, that's Jesus, answered and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand towards his disciples and said, Here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Amen. It's not about blood or uh, biologically related, it is specifically those that do the Father's will, just like Jesus, right? The first fruit, the firstborn of many brethren. Amen. But also, we can go to the book of James. The book of James is, is important because this was written by James, the brother of Jesus. <laughs> right? Earthly brother of Jesus. Uh, and how does it begin? James 1.1. 1, 1. James, a what? What's the word? Bond servant. A bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He acknowledges that first and foremost in his letter. Amen. So that You see the submitting, mm-hmm. right? So why do I bring that up in, as in our relation to Acts? Everybody has the same opportunity. And by that, I mean the opportunity to come into alignment with the Lord. Not j- these were, It wasn't just given to Mary, his mother. It wasn't just given to his brothers. It was, it's literally given to 
everyone. They, they had rejected him. They were outspoken against him. Initially. Initially. But do we see here how, how the Lord hold, held that against them? No. And what we will find when we get to chapter 2, they too receive the Holy Spirit, same Holy Spirit that the rest of the 120 people in the upper room mm. received. Amen. They too received the Holy Spirit. Glory was freely given. He didn't withhold it because they had rejected him or resisted him. As soon as they aligned themselves or came into alignment with the Father's will, his plan, his purpose, his covenant with each of us, they received the same thing. And that's there for us today. Amen. So I want to encourage you to just align, come into alignment with the Lord, to submit to Him. He doesn't withhold any good thing from your life. Not good as we define it. Mm. Good as He defines it, because He knows what's good and perfect and true. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? I do. All right, I promise. Okay, I wanted to build off what Lilith said the previous podcast when you, yes, you love people who are not following the Lord. When you, yes, you love people who are not following the Lord, but also you don't condone the actions because Mm -hmm. when you condone the actions, it sends a message that these actions are okay. And as you can, Jesus talks about inside of, I'm not sure what. He talks about uh, that the people that make other people stumble, stumble, that there's a greater price for them, mm-hmm. and how people go. Well, it's not a big, a big, what's it called? big thing to say. No, that's wrong. But I'm still gonna love you. But you also have to look through it through the Lord's lenses. Amen. Are you finished, sweetheart? Yes. Okay. So sometimes in our humanity, we take the word love and we exchange it for nice. And we forget that God's kind of love, and that's the love he's talking about when he says this is the standard. His metric and measure of love involves discipline. He chastens those whom he loves. And if you are not chastened, then you're not a son, right? Yes. But love involves discipline and it involves correction. The difference is when we talk about love covering a multitude of sin, it doesn't mean that we wink our eyes at sin because that's an abomination to the Lord. That discredits him and that grieves the Holy Spirit when we go, oh, it's okay for you to sin. But even though I know what my God said, that's not what he's asking for. He's saying love offers repentance and an opportunity for restoration and forgiveness. And it says, I'm not going to hold this against you, but I will correct when it's needed. The word is good for doctrine, right? Which includes reproof or correction. So bringing someone back and restoring them in love means that you're not going to go take your trumpet and blast everybody else what they're doing, right? You protect them and not unless the Lord directs you to do that, blasting them, then that's not even blasting them. But, you know, somebody gets on there and goes, ah, they, they committing heresy over there and oh, never going to their brother, never talking to them. God is not, that is not a part of love, right? 
But love yeah. says, I'm not going to allow you, you know, I won't let you hurt yourself. I'm going to come to you in correction as what Mr. Dean was talking about, but protect the other things. And I'll give you the opportunity to repent and talk about it. But God is not nice. He's good. He's kind. He's just, he's loving or he is love, but it's not being nice and just going, well, my standard says it's okay for you to do this because I know someone who does this. I can never say that this is wrong, that those aren't the same thing. And it's important that we, we make sure that our standard is under God's banner of love because that's the, that's the love that does what's right and does what honors God and what the Holy Spirit guides. Right? Jesus says when yes. if your brother offends you or he's found in a fault, go to him privately and speak with him. That is, there's correction in that. Not exposing him nakedly. But even when it says, if he hears you, then you've run your brother. If he doesn't hear you, take another with you, right? Yes. yes. And, and then you still won't listen, then bring it before the elders. Exactly. But that's not you standing on a soapbox on the corner trying to bring shame on someone. That's not the same thing. But neither is you just going, I'm never going to say nothing because I want to be nice to you. Because how is that the love of God? The Lord. It says, save some, make a distinction, right? And yes. some save with gentleness, others with fear, making a distinction between what's happening. There is sin that's leading to death and sin that does not lead to death. So having the right understanding and coming from the right motivation, are you... Are you saying something because you want to point in someone's face versus interceding? It definitely has to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Are you putting them on YouTube and on your Facebook and calling them a heretic or things of that nature? When or you, when are you, you interceding? haven't followed the order of I tell going you what, to them first. Then seeking the Lord first so it, and making sure well, you are... Yes, you're supposed to be. That that is the is the Lord or the Holy Spirit that is sending you, right? Because the Lord follows the same order. He first comes to us with His Holy Spirit, and then when we won't listen, well, then mm-hmm. He brings someone. He brings, you know, maybe maybe it's you, maybe it's maybe it's myself, mm-hmm. to go speak to them, because they refuse to listen to Him directly. Mm-hmm. And then if we still won't listen, well, now it's before the Lord. Mm-hmm. So let me read you chapter one, verse, um, I'll start at verse 20. So there's more context. It says, but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ until unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Mm-hmm. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God, our savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. 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 Well, let's pause there for today. There's a a lot to, um, there's a lot to, to review and to let the Holy Spirit minister to you. And we all can use that in our lives and need that in our lives to make sure that we have rightfully examined ourselves before we go point out someone else's faults, 
faults or flaws. Amen? Amen. So let's get a volunteer to close in prayer, and we will see them next time. I'll do it. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your patience and your long-suffering towards us, Lord. We thank you for your grace and your compassion, God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you have sent to guide us into all truth and show us things to come. Lord, we just thank you for who you are and for what you have done, what you're doing in and through us, Lord, and the nations, Lord. And we thank you for what you will be doing. And we thank you that we get to be a part of it, God. We just bless your name today, Lord, and we praise you and magnify and lift you up, Lord, because you're worthy of it, Lord. You've done more than earned it, God, mm-hmm. as a reasonable worship and service towards you, Lord. We submit ourselves today, and we just thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' amen. name, amen. We're mighty name, Lord, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.